Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Run Recover podcast, helping everyday runners fuel better, run smarter, and recover faster so you can reach your full performance potential. I'm your host, Stephanie Natchek, dietitian, fitness coach, and a fellow runner too. As the owner of Stephanie Natchek Performance Nutrition, I've spent the last 10 years helping runners learn to fuel their bodies, level up their running performance, and establish healthier relationships with food and exercise. If you're ready to reconnect with your love of running, then let's get started on today's episode. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to get your name on my Black Friday exclusive offer waitlist. The details of what I have in store coming up for you this Black Friday are still top secret, but you are never going to know what the deals are if you don't sign up and get your name on this list. These special offers are going to be going out to the waitlist only You're not going to find them on my social media channels. You're not going to find them on my website or anywhere else for that matter. So be sure to head over to the show notes for this episode. You're going to click on the Black Friday waitlist link, add your name and your email address to the list so that you don't miss out. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Okay, so today we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about food tracking. I really wanted to get into a deep dive on whether or not you need to even track your food at all, some of the ins and outs and and challenges of food tracking. And then I also want to explore with you the various levels of tracking and, and sort of what that might mean or what that might look like in terms of how much time and effort you want to put into into your food tracking as well as the amount of feedback or the type of information or data that you're looking to get out of it. And then I also want to share with you today some alternative strategies to tracking that you likely will want to explore as you continue to work on your nutrition strategy and most importantly, the relationship that you have with food and exercise. And this is because food tracking um, is one tool that we certainly can use. And I think a lot of you listening have probably used at some point in time. Many, many of us have uh, used that as a tool to look more closely at our nutrition. But there are some uh, pitfalls. There are some downsides to tracking and definitely some situations where tracking is really not a healthy behavior, especially if we don't have enough guidance or support to really help us do it uh, correctly, um, to help us establish what those ideal targets uh, might look like for us. So the concept of food tracking and and sort of the idea of food tracking is a conversation that I have frequently with my clients. A lot of people come into working with me, start their program with me um, with a long history, uh, sometimes a very patchy, rough history of food tracking. And then it's also a question that I get a lot from potential new clients who are interested in working with me. So we'll be on a discovery call or they'll be uh, you know, deciding if my program is something that they want to get started with. And there's usually a question around, you know, when it comes to the nutrition side of things, when we're, when we're looking at my eating, what's that going to look like? What do I have to do? Um, you know, how, how much tracking or, or what kind of program are, are you going to have me follow? And this is because so many of us have had experiences with calorie tracking and it may have not been very pleasant or fulfilling for a lot of us. And definitely a lot of time it can, you know, contribute to um, 
poorer performance and definitely a less healthy relationship with food and exercise. But that's not to say that it's the case all the time. And I think that there can be a time and a place for getting that very detailed view about your eating and the nutrients that you're taking in, the balance of nutrients you're taking in. Um, But we want to make sure that we're approaching that in a health promoting way and maybe not just using tracking as a diet and trying to create this really big calorie deficit. I talk a lot more about this in uh, episode one of this season of this podcast, Why Eat Less, Move More is Keeping You Stuck. And, you know, talking about the practice of tracking and how that in and of itself can become a problematic behavior in terms of trying to just eat less and move more for for weight loss as a runner. So if you want to hear more about that and you haven't listened yet to episode one, I would definitely recommend uh, checking that out maybe after you're done this episode. So the first question that I want to address is, is food tracking necessary? And one thing that I really, really want to make clear up front is that is not, it is not a requirement for success. Food tracking is absolutely not required for success with your nutrition, for success with your running, to become a better runner, even to do things like improve your body composition. You absolutely do not need to spend a lot of time tracking your food to sort of nth degree in an app. Sometimes it can give us some insightful and important data about typical eating patterns, eating behaviors, especially if you're someone who really enjoys the numbers and and having specific targets that you want to achieve. But the challenge with food tracking is that it's very difficult to do it well long term. But in order to get really accurate data and feedback about how we're eating, we actually do have to track for quite a period of time. So there was a research study that um, I heard about a couple of months ago. It was on an education session that I was taking part in where they actually shared the length of time that we would need to track our food. And again, very diligently, very accurately track our food in order to get a very clear picture of how much we're eating between calories and macronutrients and our vitamins and minerals. And it was quite a long time. So I mean, it was, I think at the minimum, it was 30 days of very accurate tracking. And for some of the nutrients, it was significantly longer. Like it was months and months of having to track accurately to really know how you're doing with some of the micronutrient, vitamin and mineral amounts. And so when we look at that and sort of what would be required of us, it makes sense that we'd be looking for other options. And the wonderful thing is that there are a lot of them. There are a lot of other options and we're gonna talk about that. So the second question is, what is food tracking? And you know, there, there's no like real specific definition of this, um, but I'll kind of share with you how I define it or describe it because there are different, what I'll call levels of food tracking, different um, amounts of time or effort that you can put into your food tracking. But quite simply, it would be a method of gathering data or information about our daily eating habits. So typically, we would be doing this in real time, so on a day-by-day or even a meal-by-meal basis, as opposed to what we would call a food recall, where we are you know, telling someone what we usually eat or telling someone what we ate previously by thinking back and, and just trying to remember. So there's some pros and cons to both of these methods. Of course, if we are tracking, then we're going to be more accurate 
generally speaking, kind of in real time because we're remembering and, and we're putting it in. We're not kind of forgetting. And as time goes on, we get further away from when we actually ate those meals or, or you know, maybe we'll forget a snack here and there or something like that. Uh, but of course, a lot of you may have had the experience where you know that when you are tracking, you tend to eat differently when you know you're having to type it in somewhere, right? And so that's one of the challenges is that a lot of us can change our typical eating behaviors or eating habits just because we are doing that. In any case, the practice of food tracking could mean anything from using an app to track, and that might include having to weigh everything, measure everything, be very detailed, you know, using barcode scanners on, on certain things to make sure that you've got it all really accurate and, and really correct. It could also mean writing it all down like in a journal or even keeping something like a photo journal, which I want to talk about a little bit later on in the podcast here. But for our purposes today, when we think about or talk about tracking, I want to mean it to say that we're looking at an app and we're looking very, very in-depth at our calories or really, really in-depth at our other nutrients. So I want to just differentiate the food tracking, the app level, that, that very intensive level of food tracking from maybe some of these other practices, because some of these other practices are things that you might want to transition to or, or may want to use instead. So the third question is, why would you want to do this? Why would anybody want to put in the time, put in the effort to track their food? And there's really one primary reason, and it's that you want to get a better estimate of the numbers. You want to know how many calories you're eating each day. You want to know how many grams of protein you're getting in. You want to know how much fiber you're eating. You want to know if you're hitting your goal for calcium or iron or vitamin C. So I do sometimes have clients doing some tracking. I would recommend getting a program, using a program that is not as focused or only focused on the big numbers, I'll call it, you know, calories, protein, carbs, etc. But we're also able to look a little bit a step further at the micronutrients, so your vitamins and minerals, because that can give us a lot of really good information about the overall quality of your diet to know if you're hitting the mark in, when it comes to other nutrient intakes. So the key though with tracking is that you want to have a plan. You want to be able to use the data and use the information you're gathering to make decisions about how you want to change or maybe optimize your diet. So we're not tracking just to track. And, and I think this is the place where a lot of people get stuck or a lot of people get it sort of wrong when it comes to tracking is that they don't know what else to do with their eating. They don't know what other options or solutions are out there. They don't know how to eat properly or, or eat well without tracking. And so time and time again, they go back to these apps. They go back to tracking. They go back to the calorie counting because that's all that they know. And so you're spending that extra 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day typing everything into your app. But if you can't turn around and use that information, use that data to figure out where you need to make changes or, or what's happening with your nutrition, then unfortunately it can be just a, a bit of a waste of time. And two, we have to remember that these apps are not created for runners and they are certainly not created for runners who are training at very high volumes. So when I look at the calorie recommendations or the numbers that these apps will provide for people, I'm often uh, horrified, to be quite frank, at how low the calorie recommendations will be and how low the calorie recommendations will go. 
Of course, we're all very aware of, you know, 1,200 calorie diets, for example, being promoted and a lot of people trying to eat and stick to 1,200 calories for weight loss. And that is because some of these apps will, that that's their minimum, right? They will not um, set a goal lower than that for people. But that sort of sets the tone and, and sort of sets the, um, the connotation that, 1200 calories per day is acceptable for weight loss. And if you're a runner, um, if you are, you know, active and, and you're putting in a lot of miles, in reality, you need quite possibly double that amount of calories every single day. And so we can get into a lot of trouble uh, letting the app kind of guide us in our eating decisions. If you are going to track, I would strongly, strongly recommend working with a dietitian who can help you figure out what numbers you need and set those targets to be personalized for you so that you don't get yourself into a lot of trouble um, because you're trying to go way lower than what would be what would be necessary. And so if you are going to enter into a food tracking environment, of course, you want to have support, you want to have accurate numbers, and you want to ensure that you've um, gone into it with a specific plan or goal in mind of what information you're trying to get out of that tracking period of time. And so what I would recommend is setting a specific length of time that you're going to track for, having an endpoint in mind. So, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks or maybe a month um, so that then you have that set time that you're going to collect that data. Then you're going to go back, you're going to reflect on the data, you're going to look at the numbers, and you're going to use that to make decisions. And of course, I would really strongly encourage you to do this with the help of a registered dietitian, with the help of someone who understands runners' nutrition needs, understands the um, ins and outs of fueling for performance, and isn't going to encourage you just to be on a low-calorie diet for weight loss. And, you know, if you are injured, you're in an injury recovery phase, you may not want to look at at calories necessarily, but really focus on getting enough protein. Maybe you're in a phase where you're working on your digestive health and you want to take a closer look at your fiber intake. These are other valid reasons that we might want to look at what we're eating day to day, but we don't want the act of tracking or the practice of tracking to become the diet or turn into something that we're doing and spending a lot of time on, maybe inconsistently, but we're not getting any useful information out of it. And so we want to be very aware of this becoming a bit of a slippery slope where it can really alter or erode the relationship we have with food and promote some really unhealthy behaviors around eating. So if we're aiming for numbers, aiming for targets that don't line up with our actual needs, then this is where it, it can all really fall apart. So I just want to add a word of caution there that if you are interested in tracking to please do it in an environment where you have uh, really good support and, and really good quality, uh, reliable numbers that you can that you can use. So the next question that I want to address is, are there other ways to track without having to use an app? Are there other ways that we can look at our food intake, other ways that we can track our food or, or kind of assess our diet without needing to spend the 20 minutes or, or maybe even longer every single day putting everything we eat into an app? And the wonderful news is that, yes, there are lots of other options and lots of places where I like to have my athletes transition to. So maybe we start uh, using an app to track. Maybe we do kind of do that deeper dive or maybe we don't, right? Everyone's journey here is going to be a little bit different. But like I said, tracking in and of itself is not sustainable long-term. 
It takes too much time. There's too much guesswork. And it's just a lot of brain energy and time that we put into something that is not necessary for long-term success. So if you've been stuck tracking for months or years or decades even, then I would really, really encourage you to try and move away from that practice into some of the other things that I'm going to share with you here. A pen and paper journal can still be a great way to get a general sense of what you're eating in a way that doesn't give you that same kind of numbers feedback, but can be really helpful for looking at patterns or for you to look more closely at your meal timing. Because we're not really honed in on the calories or the grams of this or grams of that. And so this can be a really good reflection tool that doesn't bring up the same negative thoughts or emotions. And so to do this, all we're doing is we're just writing down what we're eating and maybe uh, also looking at the time of day of our meals around our training schedule. We're just keeping a, a very um, casual sort of log and maybe roughly estimating portion sizes or maybe not. And so you're not getting the same level of data, but I think that this is a really uh, good place to take our tracking journey and, and sort of transition because we can just reflect in the same way without it needing to be about the numbers. So we can look at our nutrition goals. For example, did I have a food with protein at all of my meals and snacks? Yes or no. This isn't about hitting a specific number of grams of protein, but we're just looking at in general, am I choosing foods that have protein? Did I have a fruit and or a vegetable at all of my meals and snacks today? Yes or no. Again, we're not looking for a specific fiber target, but we can still look and see that yes, consistently we're hitting those goals. And so it's about moving away from the numbers, moving away from needing an app to give us that data, having to spend all that time, but we can still monitor and build really good new habits without it being about that. Our other option is a photo journal. And I really like this option a lot because it doesn't take really much time at all. And most of us have our phone nearby when we're eating anyway. And so there are definitely apps out there for this purpose. There are apps that you can use to just take a photo of what you're eating. Uh, some are even trying to develop or starting to develop some technology that gives you some nutrition information based off the photo you take. But you know, from my perspective as a dietitian, when I look at a photo of a meal, I can tell a lot about, you know, the portions and I can tell a lot about the balance and I can tell a lot about, you know, overall eating patterns and, and eating behaviors based on these images. So for sharing with your dietitian and, and kind of sharing that information, I actually really love a photo journal. It, it gives me sometimes better quality data than you having to spend half an hour every single day typing what you eat into a program. So photo journal is a wonderful option and um, it's definitely a really nice way to get away from data and numbers and all of that intensity and sometimes obsession that we can get with our eating, but still give us some good feedback and help us to make the changes that we want to make. So the next question is, what if I don't want to track at all? Because as I said before, tracking is not a requirement for success, and it definitely is not something that we can be expected to commit to long term. And so sometimes we have done lots of tracking in our lives. We've been there, done that with the tracking. We kind of want to skip that <laughs> and we wanted to see, okay, what's next? What else is out there for me? And it can be difficult sometimes to imagine what that looks like. If you're someone who has spent so much time on the apps, so much time worrying about calories and numbers, it 
can you know be hard to imagine what is what does healthy eating look like if I'm not thinking about calories or managing or monitoring my calories and so for you as a runner there are uh, some great tools that we can transition to some great visual tools that we can use and these are called the athlete's plates and I like this tool because it's it's a visual tool that demonstrates how we can adapt our eating our portions at our meals day to day based on our training demands and this is really valuable because one of the main challenges that I have with food tracking, that I have with providing calorie targets for my clients, is that if we are doing a 30-minute run or we're doing a two-and-a-half-hour run, our energy needs on those two days can be quite different. And it adds this extra level of complexity or this extra level of time and energy consumption for us to then need to be that micromanaging of what our calorie targets are on different days of the week. And so it, it could just make it a little bit complex. And, you know, it's a lot of work for you as the runner to have to be switching around and, and kind of changing around your calorie targets all the time based on what you're doing that day. And, and so again, we want to make this simple. We want to make this easy for you. And so the athlete's plates are a really nice visual tool that I use all the time with my clients. And so what, what they are, how they look is you have different proportions of carbohydrates and vegetables and fruits, uh, fats based on how much training you're doing day to day. So we just shift around the portions and, and kind of make space for more of this or less of that, depending on what your training looks like. And so of course this tool isn't perfect. No tool is, but it's a really nice way to start moving away from tracking and, and moving away from feeling like you need to track and be, need to be so into the numbers into something that is much simpler and also really helpful and valuable for runners because their uh, training can, can vary a lot throughout the week. And then of course, there might be times in your life or in your running journey where you don't want to be really focused on your nutrition at all. And this can be in the off season. It might be right after a race, or it might be when you're like on vacation, you know, you're, you're away for a week and you don't necessarily want to have to think about your eating. You don't want to spend a lot of time on your eating. And if your main goal is just to enjoy yourself, to eat all the wonderful, exciting, tasty foods that life has to offer, this is where I also love to incorporate more aspects of mindful or intuitive eating. Now, these are practices that I use with my clients all the time, regardless of what else we're doing with their nutrition at that point, because at the end of the day, we do want what we eat and how much we eat and when we eat to be more so in response to internal cues and, and our own preferences and, and um, hunger signals and, and stuff like that, as opposed to needing an external source to tell us and guide us in exactly what to eat and when. You know, we do want to be moving away from that and moving towards something where it's coming more from us. Now, if you're at the height of a training cycle, intra-run, uh, you know, during those long runs or right after a tough workout, sometimes we need to fuel because we need to, not because we're necessarily hungry. But a lot of the time we do want to be eating in response to our body telling us that it needs food. So as you can see, there are many, many options out there that are not about food tracking. Well, food tracking can be one tool that we use to assess our intake, one tool that we use to look at our, um, you know, nutrition habits day to day. It is not the only tool and it certainly is not a long-term solution. 
So I hope this helped you understand the ins and outs of, of looking at and assessing your food intake. And I hope that today I've given you some suggestions and, and some encouragement for how you can do this without feeling like you need to track every little aspect of your diet um, and maybe becoming a little bit obsessive about it. And some other things that you might want to try, some other things that you might want to transition to that can get you some really great results and maybe foster a bit of a healthier relationship with food and exercise. So of course, um, that is it for today. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you found it helpful. And if you are enjoying the show so far, then I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. And I would love it if you subscribed to the Fuel Run Recover podcast and shared it with your running friends. So I would so appreciate it if you shared this episode or any of the other episodes that you've really liked with uh, the runners in your community, your family, your friends, and help us grow the show. And of course, if you want to learn more about working with me, my programs, I have lots of different options for both one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as group coaching or self-study um, courses all about nutrition for runners. You can find more details about those in the show notes, or you can find more information at my website. That's www.stephanienatchek.com. Of course, the link is in the show notes as well. And if you want more day-to-day information and help with your nutrition, your training, your recovery. We can definitely connect over on Instagram. I post there regularly and you can find me there at Steph, the runner's dietitian. All right, that's it for today. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used or relied upon for the diagnosis or treatment of any health condition. This information does not create a client-practitioner relationship and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice.